Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Even though I am clear about the lack of strength from elected leadership in Indianapolis and civic leaders in Indianapolis, we should be clear that this city is doing some pretty incredible things. Tony Katz, good to be with you. You've got a VCon coming to town, which is small in economic impact, but very large in opportunity. And then you have the investments coming from what we've already done with sports in Indianapolis long before you and I got here, or I should at least say I got here, and how that's starting to pay off in other ways. Gary Dick joins us right now from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. You can follow Gary personally at G-E-R-R-Y at Gary Dick on the Twitter box. I want to talk about VCon uh, first. Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V., who I remember from his days uh, at South by Southwest, basically standing on a soapbox talking about wine, um, has built quite an operation. Neil Patrick Harris is coming to town, Drew Barrymore, Jessica Alba, Busta Rhymes, Timberland, all coming in this massive, massive event uh, this weekend. And the conversation here is that it might not bring huge dollars to the city, but it brings a lot of eyeballs via social media to the city. Yeah, yeah, no question about it, Tony. Uh, VCon, I, be- I believe this is the second uh, annual uh, VCon, as you mentioned. High-profile speakers. In fact, I think there are something like 200 uh, speakers who are going to participate uh, in this uh, in this event, talking about business, marketing, uh, innovation, pop culture. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the, the economic impact, per se, perhaps not um, uh, really large. But in terms of eyeballs, social media, and also exposure to Indianapolis, what's happening here, those types of things, that is going to be something that's going to happen big time with this event. It's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, I'm anxious to see how it plays out because it is a different event, a different kind of event for Indianapolis. And I think the opportunity uh, from a visibility standpoint is, uh, is, is big. And the tickets for this event are not tickets. Uh, they're NFTs. You got to have an NFT that is connected to an app in order to be able uh, to get in, which is a very unique way of uh, as people try and look for worlds outside the standard ticketing world and certainly ensure uh, the, the, the safety of, of these kinds of, of things. This is a, a way to do it. Um, the names that are going to be there, the social media influence uh, that they have talking about Indianapolis, it certainly does require that Indianapolis is doing its best to be able to be shared as a, a great city. But I, I think that this is furthering the tech conversation of mm-hmm. Indianapolis. I have argued yeah. that what Indy needs is more of the arts to bring more people to it. Does Indianapolis need more of the tech to bring more business to it and maybe fill some of this office space that's empty? 
Yeah, a combination. And, and I think you're right when you talk about culture, you talk about music. And, and, and actually, there's a, an emerging effort here to try to make Indianapolis more of a, quote unquote, music town. It's not going to be Nashville. But in that vein, getting uh, getting more entertainers and, uh, again, those eyeballs on, on Indianapolis. I think when it comes to technology or business in general, you and I have talked about it uh, many, many times, quality of place, quality of life, those types of things. As you bring in arts and culture as, as part of that, and especially uh, in the tech community, it look very heavily at uh, a city and, and its, uh, its entertainment uh, offerings. I think the VCon uh, model uh, and, and what it what it brings is, is something that could be positive for Indianapolis. Now let's take a look at some of those other subjects, specifically as we talk about Indiana as a sports tech hub. It's a story that Mickey Shuey has over at the IBJ, your sister of publication, yep. and you've been uh, talking about and looking at what does it mean to be sports tech and how does Indianapolis play into that? Yeah, and I, and I think there are those who would say this is a perfect combination of what Indianapolis has to offer, emerging tech scene, and, and obviously its long reputation uh, as a sports town, hosting the biggest sporting events in the world. Uh, uh, each and every year at the Indianapolis 500, we've hosted Super Bowls and, and, and big events. How do you take both of those, put them together, sports tech, so it's technology around uh, sports, could be uh, sports performance uh, ticketing, things that enhance the fan experience, uh, safety-type uh, things around the world of sports. And India, there's a real belief the Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, is kind of a parent uh, organization, if you will, for this Sports Tech HQ, which opened uh, a, almost a year ago here in Indianapolis. And according to the reporting of Mickey Shuey there at the IBJ, uh, it's really been gaining some traction, some momentum, uh, events, programming, uh, and other types of things happening here. Indianapolis, again, getting eyeballs, not just around the country, but around the world from companies, emerging companies, startups in this sports tech space. One of the things the story mentions is that the IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, has invested over $2.5 million in something called Sports Tech HQ, an arm of the IEDC. Uh, about $475,000 has been spent on staff compensation, general operations, and marketing. I guess the question is, does every time we want to attract a certain group of people, does it require us to put $2.5 million out here, $2.5 million out there? Does, the, the, the money that we spend through the IEDC, do we ever question whether or not that money has to be spent at all? Uh, it can be questioned, uh, absolutely. And when you talk about incentives, which is uh, really gets the most attention, uh, we look at individual companies that the IEDC or any local economic development group uh, is using. Uh, there is that um, scrutiny, or there can be. Does it make sense? There's it's an age-old debate back and forth. Uh, you know, are incentives needed to attract companies to keep companies? Uh, and, and I think if you talk to economic development folks and those people in the business who are doing it day in and day out, they will say, yes, there has to be a level of investment, uh, whether it be marketing or, or in, in incentive type, incentive based uh, things to help make uh, make it all happen. I, it's it's this constant. It's like what's going on in Noblesville, where the the Mad Ants, the G yeah. League team of the Indiana Pacers, are coming to Noblesville. Noblesville is going to build uh, th this whole center, and it's like, why are we publicly funding this? And and Mayor uh, Jensen has said, 
Well, oh, they're going to pay us a million a year for a place they're going to use for about 40 nights. And we're going to have this facility that we're going to be able to use all year round. Uh, and so it's a win-win. Is that the way the people see it? Well, good question, Tony. I'm sure some do and some do not. But I think the Noblesville story, which I thought was very interesting last week with the announcement, it caught a lot of people by surprise. Did it catch you by surprise? I mean, I I will tell you I was floored when I heard the story. Yeah, yeah, I I was too. But you dig in a little deeper. If you look at what's happening in the NBA, uh, a number of these NBA franchises are moving their G League, their development uh, uh, teams closer to home. Uh, I think the Orlando Magic just announced not long ago they're moving theirs, uh, their G League team much closer to Orlando, a suburb, I think, basically of Orlando, Portland. Their new G League team is going to be in Portland. So I think it's part of a trend. And if you think about it from a business standpoint for the Pacers, uh, you've got the ability for uh, you know players to to be in Noblesville, to be down at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, working out with the same uh, you know trainers and coaches and those types of things. So a lot of synergy for the Pacers. And it's also interesting, Tony. I think you mentioned that arena. Uh, so there's going to be an arena there for the G League uh, a team. Not going to be the Mad Ants. I don't know what the name's going to be, but uh, uh, Fisher's building an arena too uh, for the Indy Fuel, the hockey team as well. So we're looking at these mini arenas, if you will, uh, outside of downtown Indianapolis, you know, popping up in Hamilton County, both Fishers and, uh, and Noblesville. And then, of course, you've got 11 Park in downtown. Mm-hmm. We'll get into more of that and the impact of all of these teams uh, in the future. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on uh, Twitter at IIB, on the DriveHubler.com hotline.